This podcast replay is brought to you by EJDconstruction.com. Call Eric at EJD Construction at 305-433-4843. They do it all, residential or commercial. EJDconstruction.com is the custom home builder and general contractor you can trust. 305-433-4843. All right, there he is. How you feeling, my man? You feeling good? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I was uh, just talking about it before you came on, and, you know, we've been so uh, kind of a blitz-happy team and all that stuff, and I thought it was, you know, there wasn't anything real earth-shattering from that press conference yesterday, but there were a couple things that I like of his point of views, and when asked about blitzing, he kind of like was, you know, because I heard some guy describe uh, on another show that, you know, oh, it's an attacking style, and it's really not. Ben Albright kind of explained it, that it's more of a a bend-don't-break defense. It forces you into mistakes, those kind of things. He likes to put pressure more with his base and that he, you know, he'll use the blitz. But he kind of explained yesterday that it's not one of those things that I have to use it, that that's a bad thing, it seems like. In a way, he kind of phrased it like, it's not a good thing that if you have to blitz all the time. Well, it's not an issue of, of having to blitz all the time. Let's be honest here. And I know I'm going to I'm gonna step into territory here that's, that's not necessarily your favorite because I know you hate Flores and all that. But when the Dolphins were doing it and doing it well in 2020 mostly and then some in 2021, that defense was very, very effective. And it wasn't the fact that they were blitzing every down. It was that they were showing the threat of the blitz practically every down. Um, but they were still one of the most. They were one of the heavier correct, blitzing teams. Correct. But even when they weren't coming, they were showing you they were, they, that they might be coming, um, and they had the personnel to do it. What it what that style does? It puts a hell of a lot of pressure on your two starting corners. And the Dolphins were lucky enough to have Xavier Howard and Byron Jones, which last year they didn't have. So sometimes it didn't work out that well. Um, there's something to be said for the bend but don't break, uh, but you have to be as you're requiring the offense to be very good in its execution for a lot of plays on a drive, you also have to be very good in your, in your execution coverage on a yeah, lot of coverage. And coverage and all that. And you're not generally yeah. speaking, maybe not going to create as many turnovers as the blitz happy style is. Um, look, there's a happy medium for both. And if you have the players ultimately it comes down to the players. I mean, I, I know all that you, you don't necessarily just win with a scheme. Chances are the Dolphins could have gone away from blitz happy in 20 and 2021 and still have produced good results with the personnel they had. Um, well, know. it depends. I mean, 2021 is kind of a, we can argue on that one because they didn't really get results when they played the good teams in the first half of the season. They really chewed up their stats when they played the bad teams in the second half of the season and they won all those games. The defense was not helping them in the first half of the season in 2021. That's when they played they their tough nine with, a, with a crappy offense. So um, anyway, no, bottom line is, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of different ways to do it. Um, and Fangio's had success, more, more specifically with San Francisco in the early 2010s and then with Chicago, particularly Chicago, in 2018 yeah. when he was an FL assistant coach of the year, when he had Roquan Smith in the middle of that defense, which is still to me a massively – big missing piece for this defense yes yes and that that's 
you know, everybody's talking about, uh, well, will Buffalo bring back the Edmonds boys and will they, will Miami have a shot at one of them, you know? And so uh, it's, gonna they're, they're going to have to fight. Huh? He's going to yeah. be pricey. But, but that, it, that's, that's the only place I think where they would have to spend money is at that middle line. But like people talking about Saquon Barkley and all that, no, they're not going to do that, bro. They're not spending, they don't have the kind of space. Plus, Greer has no track record whatsoever Correct. of spending high picks or big money on running backs. Correct. None. None. He has zero interest, I believe, in spending money on big on, on, on big money on backs or spending a high pick on a back. I really do. It looks to me like he is dead set on finding middle round backs or I, I actually don't think their running backs were a problem last year. They weren't. And that's what McDaniels also is used to in San Francisco. San Francisco never had High pick, right? I picked that running back until they traded for Christian McCaffrey, uh, and right. McDaniel was exactly. no longer there. When they when he was there, it's you look at the list of their yearly rushing leaders, and it's like fifth round pick, seventh round pick, rookie free agent, and all that. So it's so he's made when it Shanahan work. when Shanahan lost Terrell Davis, which by the way he was a wasn't he a later round pick anyway? The sixth round pick, I believe. Right. He then got Orlandis Gary and. Uh, and Gary Anderson, right? Mike I think it was Mike Anderson. Mike Anderson. Mm -hmm. And they were, I think, late round picks, or maybe even one was a free agent or whatever. Mike and he was your DFA. Right, right. And so, it, like, you think about it, you know, and that's kind of who they've been. You know, in Washington, they got the FAU kid in the sixth round and milked him, right? Didn't, didn't Shanahan have him there? Didn't he? Wasn't he the Shanahan, one of the Shanahan guys? Alfred Morris, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, wasn't wasn't he used under Shanahan? And he was like a six yeah. round pick also. In that time, yeah. Yeah. So what I'm saying is that's kind of been in their bloodlines overall until the McCaffrey move, you know, this past year. Normally they just don't do it. And Greer has kind of been the same thing too. You so look at the free uh, agents. The other thing. What's that again? I said look at the free agents they signed at running back the past several years when they yeah. signed. It's been Jordan Howard, Malcolm Brown. Uh, Chase Edmonds draft Miles Gaskin, Correct. draft um, um, Drake Kenyon Drake, and oh, the was it third, 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 third round? But that's pretty high, that's a pretty high pick for them, actually. Yeah. I, that's yeah. that's that's about the highest they go. Kalen Balaj was what fourth, yeah. But so maybe they're still like, having they're still having nasty flashbacks from the last time they they spent as high as a second round pick, which was Daniel Thomas in 2011. Yeah, yeah, and that, that didn't was, pan uh, out. No, that didn't pan out. That didn't pan out. That was a different coaching staff in those days. Yep. Um, but anyway, the other thing that I liked and it reminded me and pissed me off of what I saw from Josh Gaddis this year from the Canes. I don't know how much you follow it, but. The, the moron inherits a spread offense and he comes from Michigan and all of a sudden he pulls a Jimmy Johnson bullshit. Well, I just got here from Dallas. Let me run the Dallas offense with the Dallas, without the Dallas offensive line and without the Dallas running back. And, you know, he thought he could run that power running offense and he just didn't have the talent. And, 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 and I thought Gaddis did the same thing last year. He kind of went to a power running offense, eliminated the spread, his quarterback, thrives on the spread actually he's more of a spread quarterback than he is and so he had to then come back and fix it throughout the year and add more elements of the spread to help his quarterback out and help his offense that couldn't score points 
Fangio said yesterday, and I think that this is a product of once you you get somewhere, you're not going to have every piece you need. And sometimes you're going to inherit some pieces that you just can't get rid of right away because of a contract situation. It's going to take you a year or two to kind of funnel some of these things out. Mm -hmm. And I thought what he said, we're going to tailor the offense to the talent we have. To me, that was another thing that I liked about what he said instead of coming in and I'm going to, hey, put the square peg in the round hole. I mean, isn't that, the, excuse me, isn't that the essence of good coaching? You maximize what your players do well, minimize what they don't do well. Um, Amen. So, but they don't all do that. They don't all do that. Sometimes, no. I'm sorry, Tony, rest in peace. Sometimes you grab a running back who's really a pass catcher and you, you're you dead set on making him a running back. And it's like, yo, bro, come on, dude. Let's go. That's not who this guy is, you know. And, you referring to? and I've seen this over the years and with different coaches. That's all I'm saying. No, no, it, it can happen. And but if you look at the base, generally speaking, Fangio's played a three-four base. That's what the Dolphins used last year, you know. Right. And w- within that, it's just there are different ways of doing things where you can clearly see that some guys are better at doing. Like Christian Wilkins, his biggest ability is crashing the, the line of scrimmage on running plays, and he's you know Commander TFL. He's not necessarily a, like he's not Aaron Donald as a pass rusher as a defensive line. Then again, I mean, few people are, but you know what I'm saying. Um, so logically, you kind of build around what he does best, and then you do that for as many players as possible to maximize what you have. Again, to me, that's not exactly reinventing the wheel. And you know, there's a reason Vic Fangio's been around for quite a while, and why he was in demand. Yeah, but I mean, it, it's you know, it's watching. I explained it earlier before you were on on that. I love that because. I've watched Spo have different basketball teams and he's adjusted to the different teams, you know, and then I can, I can always pull the old man card. You know, I watched, I watched Shula with greasy Zonka kick, you know, all that. And then I watched him with Woodstrock and then I watched him with Marino, yep. same bullshit and all that. I know I always have, but I, I use Spo as a, a recent thing, you know, because he's had different types of teams. Hell one year with, the blood clots and and uh, Bosch that he would come back and leave and co- he yeah. had to switch up the offense like three different times throughout the year, you yeah. know what I mean? And that's what a great coach does. Oh, this is the kind of team I have. Okay, we got to run this now, you know. And we were so used to that with Shula. I, I I think I wanted to mention it because, you know, you just said it. It's elementary for any coach, but I want to say that I appreciate that because I don't think it happens with every coach, you know what I'm saying? So that's, that's where sometimes, you know, coaches will drive you crazy with, you're going to stay with Jacoby Brissett and two is still better, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, fair enough. I, I, I would probably, I had to get a flow shot in there, by the way. Yeah. Trust me. I saw that. I kind of like skipped over it. Uh, I, I would think would think and suggest it happens more often than not. And those who are adamant about sticking with their system, more often than not, eventually wind up running into problems. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, give me something else you liked from the press conference or didn't like from the press conference. It was, I'll be very honest with you, it was cookie cutter. He didn't say anything. Of course. Uh, right. I, I'll give you I'll give you the, the, the one I uh, like. You, you knew there wasn't going to be anything earth-shattering from it. So, Pretty much, I mean, yeah. Come on. Um, the one I the one I did like was when he was asked like is this the, does this have the makings of a Super Bowl caliber defense and he said can we get a one practice in I thought, I thought that was funny and then I yeah. said 
I suggested, I suggested, okay, well, let's wait until after the first practice and then ask him immediately first question. So what's the answer? Right. <laughs> exactly. Well, you guys should bust his balls that first week. All right. You've had a couple practices and is it a Super Bowl caliber team coach? You know, that kind of stuff. And I'm sure he'll, he'll, he'll get a laugh out of something like that. And I'm sure he'll understand that it's uh, it's, it's all, all in fun. Um, dude, what was I going to, I was just going to tell you something now that I, Oh yes. The other thing that I thought again, nothing earth shattering, but still kind of funky from the whole thing is he has no relationship with Mike McDaniel, like none. No, but we knew that. So, I mean, the, the, I, mean I, I know, but, 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 but to hear it, you know what I'm saying? Just to like to finally hear it. And what I mean by this is this really bodes well, because if you watch the Philbins of the world and the, and the flows of the world, and we watch guys that struggle to build, you know, staffs, uh, that's one of the things that I would tell the Dolphin Nation. Hey, man, you got a young coach that clearly knew how to build an offensive staff. And now in his second year, he has to kind of tweak things. And we all kind of heard that he was going after this guy. And now you hear it. And now you really hear that they, ha they really have no relationship, which that shows you that at least McDaniel has developed a certain reputation that others will gravitate to. And so I think that that's a good thing, too. So that that sign there of having no relationship, but yet still acquiring the man, I think that bodes really well for McDaniel. Without question, understanding that there were several factors as well, including including one important factor that wasn't mentioned in the answer. Sorry? The agent, you mean? Come on. Let's, well, let's the money, uh, no, 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 the let's money. Be honest, let's end. be honest, big O, let's be honest here. It, here's the thing is, on the one hand, yes, absolutely. If he didn't have respect for what Mike McDaniel has done and from what he's heard and what he's seen, if he didn't respect what the guy had building, he wouldn't have joined the door. If you're, if you're going to, if you're going to, if you're going to go to Sean Payton, the, the, if you're the, sit the, there, the, the, the Walmart people had the money, the Walmart people had the money. But if you, if Come you're going to sit there and, and, and completely, gloss over the financial considerations of the deal. I mean, that's being a little naive. I mean, come on. No, I get that. But my, I think the money would have been there in Denver. Easily. They would have paid him the four and a half the report, million. The reports are, the report, sorry, he's the you're, highest you're paid, assistant You're paying coach the head coach $18 million. Why wouldn't you pay the defensive coordinator four and a half? Walmart is like, yeah, dude, here, I got that in the couch. Here, you can have it. Okay. That's nothing. I I, I I don't know why we're haggling over this point, but here's two things. Number one, there's the reports. You brought, brought up the money making it a big I issue. I did, but you're the one who's fighting me on it like it's not valid. Yeah. Number, one, number one, he's reportedly the no, highest. No, no, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's not valid. I'm just saying it would have been anywhere for him. The money, but it was, and, and and that's the point that it wasn't. And the other the other issue with going back to Denver, he just while it's not the same ownership group, he just got fired by their by that team two years ago. Okay, so. It's one of those where it's like I don't want to like I don't want to diminish the reputation, the respect Mike McDaniel has around the league. I don't also don't want to sit here and say, well, look at Mike McDaniel; he's incredible; he can get any coach he wants because everybody wants a coach for him. I think that's a no, little, but I like little. No, little no, bit, no I'm not, I'm not saying that any coach. I'm just saying it, it, there there has to have been some respect there because and, he's and just I, not without question, without question. Yeah, it can't be just about money, like. Like, dude, Indomitian Sue came here for what? Money. 
Come on. He didn't come here for any coach. Mike when Walsh they asked him about when they asked him about why yeah. he came here, he said, "Well, because they're progressive." I remember the quote. Yeah. He didn't say they won. He didn't say it was a great franchise. He didn't say it was an amazing coaching staff. No, no, it's a progressive team is what he used. But he it's can't like, say yeah, he no, can't say it's about money, even though everybody knows it's about money. There's there will never be. I think was I think it was one free agent. I may have been in basketball, and I can't remember who it was who literally said, "Well, money was kind of good." And I was like, "Dude, mad props to you for being the first and only guy to have the balls to say what everybody knows." Because in a you lot got of short memory, sorry, you got a short memory. What is that? A Miami Dolphins said it was about money this year. You got a short well, memory. Dude, he said he said 18 different things about I've seen 18, 18 different things. You know, you know who I'm talking Tyree, about? Yeah, Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill said, well, he when you guys cornered him, he said, Well, you know, Florida has no state taxes, and in the end, it made good business sense, or I'm paraphrasing or whatever. He gave it up in yeah, the no, end. Yeah, okay. yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Actually, so props to him. Props to him for being for being legit about that. Yeah. Omar Kelly won't remember that, but I'll remember that. Why is that? He's got a bad memory. If you haven't figured that out with Omar, we have figured that out on this show. He has a terrible memory. <laughs> no, but the thing with Tyreek is he said to him because there was always that it came out. He wanted more catches. Uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah. ultimately, yeah, stuff. ultimately, you know, he he has said that sometimes it was ultimately Kansas City didn't pay him, and Miami did, and New York offered it, but he would have still made more money in Miami than New York. And he said, right. "I'm coming to Miami because I'm making the most money, and that's what I want." Props so, for the yeah, honesty. There you go. Props for the yeah. honesty. Yeah, yeah. I got I got to give him credit. All right. Uh, any anything else? You see, Dolphins-wise, what are you trying to track down now? What's the latest kind of news angle for you? Resignings is what it is. Is what to me is the first thing. I mean, we got the combine next week, but that's in preparation for the draft, which is a couple months down the line. The thing is, March that March fifteenth date, which is the start of the new league year, we're now less than a month away. Um, today's the first day the teams can use the free agent or transition tag. I just put up a story with a complete primer on everything that's involved with it, including including the Dolphins and why it would be a shock if they did, did they, they did anything with that. But at some point, I would expect they're going to start re-signing some of their own free agents, possibly the Christian Wilkins extension to me. That's coming. I don't, I don't know exactly when it has to happen. I would think it would come before March 15th again, so you get, you know, more cap compliant, yeah. the, the top 51 rule. Um, but yeah, it just, there, there's going to have to be something. I mean, there, there have been maybe a trickle of certain guys who have re-signed. I think that the Carolina long snapper Jansen, I think his name is re-signed with the Panthers. Uh, so th that's kind of what I have my eye on. My, uh, my eye on. It's two week. It's a two week period for the, the tag, not expecting the Dolphins to tag anybody. Um, Oh, Tua. No, I expect Tua tag. I expect the Tua tag. Yes. What you're talking yes. about is big O. Big O, Tua. Fifth year option. That's not the same as a tag. I'm talking about the fifth. You're talking oh, fifth year option. I'm talking about free agent franchise or transition tag. 
Okay, okay. All right. When's when's the fifth year option thing? It's May first or second. It's one of the first days of May. Oh, okay, so we got we got we got still uh, time for that. But you expect that, right? Because I'm I'm fifty fifty only... on it. I'm totally fifty fifty on it. Uh, I don't think. I it's think I think for that. sure they'll tag him because that'll buy them two years of trying to make a run with him without having to pay him that big ass money. So I think that that's what they'll do. And plus, he has no leverage at this point because he has to prove he has to stay healthy in order for him to get the big money. Well, and he knows that. His agent knows that. So, it buys you. Here's you know. the thing: it buys you an extra year at the cost of guaranteeing 23 million if he gets hurt. That that's yeah. the decision to be made. So yeah, uh, and I and I would take the chance because if if he was a mediocre quarterback, I don't take that chance. But because he was the number one rated passer, and you see the potentials there. Yeah, I'm going to take the chance, and I'm going to hope that he learns his freaking lesson this year and gets rid of the ball quickly, man. So let's let's hope so. Don't forget, folks, alldolphins.com. You must bookmark it. That's the only way you officially become a Dolphins fan. Anywhere in the world, alldolphins.com. Bookmark it. This man is constantly writing articles all day long. Alan, we will catch up later on in the week, my friend. I appreciate you immensely. You be good. Thank you, sir. There you go. Alan Poopart, baby, with our EJDconstruction.com Miami Dolphins report. And call my man, Eric. They know how to get it done at EJD Construction. Dade or Broward County, because I did get some of some of you uh, in uh, a little bit of hot water there. You got mad at me uh, because uh, he doesn't do Palm Beach County, and some of you were calling, and I really apologize. But Dade and Broward County. Uh, 305-433-4843. That's the owner's cell number. And we're talking about custom home construction and major home remodeling. You can go to EJD Construction's uh, Instagram page, and you can see a lot of before and after uh, work, which is just off the chain, man. You're really going to love the work that they do. They're fully insured, liability and workers' comp, so you never have to worry. If somebody gets injured on your property, they will not be suing you. If you hire people that are not insured, you put yourself at risk. So whatever it is you're looking to do, you want to build a second floor, you want to build you want to build out a killer man cave, I don't care what you want to do, a, an observation deck like somebody did. A lot of us South Floridians right now, we're trying to re-up our insurance policies. And we're finding out that they're telling us, hey, you got to upgrade your roof. Your house is over 20 years old. And... Call EJD Construction. They can upgrade that roof for you in Dater Broward County. 305-433-4843. This podcast replay is brought to you by EJDconstruction.com. Call Eric at EJD Construction at 305-433-4843. They do it all, residential or commercial. EJDconstruction.com is the custom home builder and general contractor you can trust. 305-433-4843. Oh, there we are. We are back and ready to go. How you feeling, my man? You feeling good? I'm all right. All right. Yourself? I am uh, beautiful. I'm here at uh, Hialeah Park having some fun. Got some boxing tomorrow night here at Hialeah. I'm going to go to the Drone Racing League on Saturday. You, you, you see who's going to be at the Drone Racing League? I wrote about it. Yeah. So oh, man, I, yeah. I might see you there. Oh, so you're oh you're going to. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Tyreek Hill is gonna be there. And um by the way, you can still DM me. I think I have spots 
I have uh, one more pair of tickets for the Drone Racing League. Uh, DM me on uh, Twitter at Big O Show if you want to win a pair of tickets for the Drone Racing League on Saturday. Uh, it's going to be really cool. I'm looking. Uh, by the way, it looks like a great event. It looks very cool. I, yeah, Doesn't I saw, it? I saw the promo video. It looks that look very very cool. Like you would think, drone racing, oh whatever, you know, boring or the way they have it designed. It looks really really cool, man. And and I'm a crypto guy. So Algorand is the lead sponsor, and I'm a big and I've I got a nice old bag of Algorand. I'm a I'm a big believer in that in that company. So um, I'm looking forward to you know meeting the people obviously that I've already been uh, dealing with with the drone racing league, but also meeting the Algorand people, and we'll see. Uh, I'm not surprised that Tyreek would be interested in something like this. Yeah, no, it's like you mentioned in, in the press release. Like I said, I, I wrote about it this week. You mentioned in the press release, like. He's he's a fan of, of tech stuff, and he's a he's a fan of speed, very obviously. So, it's a good combination for him. Yeah, and, he, and he's on the body. He's also doing, uh, as I wrote in my story, he's also doing the same event, the fun, same fundraising event that Tua did last year at Lone Depot Park, oh. where they, they interact one on one with fans. He's doing it in May, obviously with Tua. Was catching a pass from Tua with Tyreek. It's throwing a pass to Tyreek. So, right, um, right. But all all the details of that are in my story on that. On alldolphins.com. That's it. Alldolphins.com, where he produces 177 articles a minute. So uh, go check it out. Make sure you bookmark it there at alldolphins.com. Uh, um, your uh, thoughts on the additions of Ronaldo Hill? Um, it, it's a it's a good addition. Uh, it's interesting because he was under contract, and Brandon Staley basically said go ahead and it's this is a demotion for Ronaldo Hill and very honestly if Ronaldo Hill was a complete kick-ass defensive coordinator for the Chargers Brandon Staley probably would have said sorry bud or Brandon Staley really runs the defense so he doesn't really well true probably that's that's a fair point um but here's the thing though and he was hired in the capacity of decent defensive pass game coordinator and the Chargers' rankings in those two areas the last two years were like 7th and 12th in pass defense. They were horrible against the run both times, partly because their personnel up front is really bad. Um, but they, they did a good job against the pass, and they did a hell of a job against the Dolphins' passing game when they played at SoFi Stadium in November. And by all accounts, Ronaldo Hill had his hands deep into the game plan that produced that performance. So... No, and it's a guy who's got vast experience as a player, as a coach. So it's a very solid hire. I'm curious as to what it does to Sam, because Sam last year was cornerbacks coach slash passing game specialist. Um, does that title get removed? I don't know. Uh, chances are they're going to work, you know, in, in, in collaboration anyway. But, yeah, no, it's a very solid hire. I mean, you're looking at a pretty guy with a lot of experience and a good resume to a position that's, you know, below your DC. So no, that's very Yeah, and I and I wonder also if Ronaldo sees the writing on the wall and says, Yeah, he just signed a, a three year with a four year option. 
I don't know if this Brandon Staley guy's really going to make it for another year or two. He's already kind of been on hot water. He had to fire the offensive coordinator this year. So you just wonder. And, and so I just, you know, it, it's one of those things. I wonder if Ronaldo also says, yeah, it's nice what I'm doing, but I'm going to have more job security by going over there instead. I don't know. I don't know. It's yeah, a- and he, it, it may be a case of like, you know, I'm, let me take a step back here to take steps forward. Whereas if I keep myself chained to Brandon Staley, and if the Chargers, I mean, there was some touch that Brandon Staley might have been fired at the end of last year. I know. Game. So uh, I don't think his job security is necessarily that great. It's a Chargers flop in 2023. So from that standpoint, it makes sense. And Hill also has familiarity with Dick Fangio. He coached for him in Denver. Um, was it 19, in 2019 or something? So and obviously very familiar with the Dolphins as a player and as a coach. Uh, by the way, I am following, obviously, what's going on with Eric Bieniemy, your your thoughts overall on the fact that he had to, that he never got that head coaching opportunity and he has to go and make a lateral move, which it's technically not a lateral move because you will really be in charge of the offense here. Whereas Andy Reid, you're really still under the shadow of Andy Reid. Uh, but your thoughts on him having to make this step to prove himself. I don't know. I mean, on the one hand, the, the argument in Bienemy's favor was that if we're going under the premise that it's Andy Reid's offense and he's the brains behind everything there, well, that didn't stop Matt Nagy from getting a head coaching job with the Bears, right? Which he flopped. Right. Uh, I believe Doug Peterson went from working for Andy Reid to a championship to job. So, if those two guys get that job, then why did Eric Bienemy not do it? There are some rumblings about him, quote-unquote, not interviewing well. He's got some issues from his past in college. I'm not going to go over them, but there was some some off-the-field stuff that happened way back when. Could that have been a factor? But in, in this case, if he goes to Washington, the Washington offense completely balls out, then it's going to be tough to justify and not giving the guy a head coaching job. Yeah, the optics are horrible, really. The it would be, but then, but he's, he's going to a situation where Sam Howells is quarterback. And, you know, really, are we really convinced Sam Howells ready to, like, you know, be a stud? Um, Don't know. But I like him. He, he's all right, actually. He's got, he's got something to work with. He's got a chance. I don't know if he's a guy. I don't know if he's, he's the guy. Chance, but he, but, if he know. flops, is that really an indictment on, on Eric Bieniemy? No. I mean, we'll see. We'll right. see what he can do. It's, it's like – like, it's like the Daniel Jones thing. I, I still don't think Daniel Jones ain't much, but shit, I, I got to give his head coach a lot of credit. He got something out of the guy more than most people have. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't think much of Hassan Whiteside either, but damn, Eric Spolster got the best out of him. You know what I mean? And so that kind of stuff. So uh, you uh, if you show me that as a coach, then I'm good enough with that. Then I can know who you are because... I know that in in you know with the Giants they haven't developed a starting franchise quarterback in Daniel Jones, but I'll say this: Dable did a hell of a job with him overall because I know what I saw in years past with him, and what I saw this past year was a drastic improvement for him. So I got to give Dable yet, credit. You know what I mean? And yet he still wasn't overwhelming. No, uh, brother, and- I would go after Derek Carr if I'm the Giants. I, I'm not giving that dude a, a multi-year contract of 40 million and all that. Hell no, dude. I'd rather go no. sign Derek Carr if I'm Are the you Giants. Derek Carr 40 million a year though? Yes, over over Daniel Jones? Yes. 
Yes. And unfortunately, that's the going rate for a, a, a typical or decent franchise quarterback. You want an elite one, it's 45-50. But that's for, fine, except here's the thing. You know. You're going to bring in Derek Carr. See, see, Daniel Jones could work in that offense that Dable constructed last year. Rather running. Despite, right. despite a horrible wide receiver core. Which had which had injuries on top of that. You put Derek Carr in that same situation, he's not going to do crap. Okay, I think he's, he's a better. I think he's a better passer. I think he's a better passer than Daniel Jones. Oh, without question, he's a better passer than Daniel Jones. Oh. I'm not arguing that with you at all. Yeah, I, I I would rather pay if I'd rather pay Derek Carr the multi-year deal than Daniel Jones. That's all I'm saying. If I'm the Giants, if that agent's coming at me with forty million a year from Daniel Jones, I'm like, yeah, no, dude, thanks, but no thanks. I'm yeah, I'm out of here. I'm go I'm going to I'm going at least to Derek Carr, if I have to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and yeah. They don't even have to. They could just franchise Daniel Jones if they want. That's like thirty-two mil. Is it? Is it that much? Is that what it is? I think okay. that's the one rate for for the franchise tag for a quarterback. Are you expecting the Dolphins to franchise tag um, uh, to a Tonga Vailoa? You keep doing the same thing to me. He's not. He's not eligible for the franchise tag. I'm he's sorry. Eligible. The the fifth year option. option. Fifth year remember, option. Remember, I told you it was fifty fifty. I'm of the opinion that they, they don't need to do it I get, because again, at some point, they still have control for this year and they have control for next year. Yeah, but that'll cost you a lot more next year. They can franchise tag him next year, and at some point, they're gonna. At some point, they're gonna have to make a call, and it can't be five years down the road. They're gonna have to make a call. Is this a guy we're going with long term? If that's if the answer is yes, then he gets a long term contract for big big money. Yeah. If you don't have that answer two years from now, move on. Yeah. So, so, what, so what you do, and because because the the price against that is you're guaranteeing twenty three million, and if things go sideways, either he regresses performance wise or the injuries crop up again. Yeah, that's the that's the only thing I'm worried about. I'm not worried about regression. Okay, that's fine. But then, even then, you're stuck paying twenty three million, basically again. When you could, you, you still have two years of control. I know, but but doggy, if he balls out, you're only paying twenty two and a half million. Whereas if he balls out, and then you got to give him a new contract, now you're going to pay a lot more. I know you can manage that first year and lower the number and not have. You could probably have even a much lower number than 22, but your back-end numbers are going to be really, really big from that moment on, whereas the 22 is very manageable because you know and I know the cap will go up another 10 or $15 million next year, so that kind of will offset that, and then that gives you the space to go out and get another player or two to kind of – in other words, you can make a full two-year run with him and 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 still do it without giving him the big contract. I don't know if you read Andrew Andrew Brandt's uh, latest uh, article where he talked about the you know when you give the the quarterback that money that it's just not realistic to build the team the same way. And so you you know in other words for you to well, avoid actually, that. I haven't read it. I haven't read it. I saw it. And I thought I thought I thought I said the headline or the teaser was that it was the opposite that it's a myth. Yeah, that it's a, that, Patrick Mahomes just won the Super Bowl and then he he's got a, like a very high cap figure. But here's big, big old. Well, they, the they, they hit on that secondary. That's the thing. They got all those young guys, and they played well. It was it was really cool for them. It worked out. And here's the thing: if Tua balls out, you franchise tag him next year. The weight's been jumping up. You're looking at thirty six million, maybe. Right, probably. Not egregious. And then if he balls out the next two years, you get to twenty twenty five, and clearly no injury issues anymore. He's your guy. 
give him the long term, the, the big money long term, and at that point, and you can lower the number that first year, actually. Correct. So that's three years at, at a reasonable price. To me, I, I think that is a much more ideal scenario than putting yourself um, uh, putting your neck on the line for twenty three million. You could, you convinced me. That makes a lot of sense. Because that buys you a third year. You're right about that. Because the third year, you, you know you're not going to have a $50 million salary. You'll make it like 10 or 12 or something. Right. And, then, and then you'll break out the rest in the following five years after in that deal. And then, yeah. Yeah, because if, if you wait, you, you don't have to tag. When you're tagging him, you're already convinced that he's the guy because he just went through a healthy year or a really good year. He only right. missed one game or something, and he had a great year. You know, that kind of stuff, and you're convinced, okay, he can be the guy, let's move forward. And then you can tag him and then control and then negotiate the new contract after that. You're right. You're right. It's better off that way, actually, without tagging him. You are correct. You are correct. That makes a lot of sense. It's a good call. Somebody recording that with the "you are correct." It's a, it's a, yeah. I mean, once, hey man, once in a while you're gonna get it right. I mean, Jesus. Ryan Squirrel, man. By the way, uh, true Finn fan sends in a super chat. Alan Poopar is my favorite on this show. Cap for Life sends in a super chat. Poop is the reason SI is still relevant, bro. And uh, and then true Finn fan sends in a second super chat. Poopar can convince a priest to a strip club. LOL. (laughs) <laughs> okay uh th- thanks you should you're the only insider i've seen that gets like that gets super chats sent in nobody else really gets super chats sent in so i'm sure i get plenty of of opinions going the other way too no i think you're i, I think you're well liked on the on the platform oh, bro okay. huh? yeah i think you're very well liked on the platform bro very well liked i get a lot of good compliments about you on the on the on the platform a lot of people like you bro yes what are you gonna say yeah the, the chat room is a lot better than your twitter feed alan just so you know <laughs> oh yeah that's probably what it is yeah yeah no but uh you that's... know you talked a lot about denver gonna be a oh i think it's gonna be a disaster well adam schefter saying nfl veteran qb davis webb who spent the last season backing up daniel jones is being hired as the broncos qb coach Oh, okay. The 28-year-old Webb now will be coaching the 34-year-old Russell Wilson in his first NFL coaching job. Wow. Uh, yeah, but it's really Peyton. Peyton yeah, or Peyton's going to coach him. He's grooming this kid is yeah. what he's doing. And I think that's kind of what he's doing with Ronaldo Hill, by the way. That's what I think is going on with uh, that hire. I think, uh, I think he's getting – I think he – I think the old man told him, hey, come on over here, man. I'll show you the ropes and get you even closer to being a defensive coordinator and all that. So I think that's what's he was going on. was a defensive coordinator. No, but I'm, you know what I mean. Like, the defensive coordinator. You know what I mean? Like, become the guy. Oh, yeah. Well, but the way Fangio's talking, he wants to coach for 10 more years. So maybe Hill's going to have to wait a lot longer. I mean, he's a very energetic 64-year-old. So. Well, you know what? You're, you're right. I mean, guys do coaching. Some guys can coach well into their 70s, mm-hmm. actually. You know, it's it, it keeps them alive, actually. That's... It's what they live to do. You know what I'm saying? It's when they, they have this incredible passion uh, for it. I, like, look at Paterno. I think Paterno's a perfect example. That dude had cancer, but if you wouldn't have taken the job away from him, he probably would have lasted a lot longer. And then once he didn't have the job, the depression set in and the cancer took over, and, you know, that's it. It was over, you know, for him, and, and, he, and he ended up uh, checking out. And I think that not happens. To be, not, to be said, not to be said for a mental outlook affecting 
physical health. Oh yeah, I am a I'm a strong believer uh, of that. There's no doubt about it. When you have a passion for what you do, uh, it it definitely you know drives you every day. It gives you that motivation that you need. Uh, I'm with you 100. percent And I by the way I do think the Sean Payne thing. I think it, you're now deciding between Matt Patricia and Rex Ryan as your defensive coordinators. You just hired. Yeah, they, hired a, they hired Vance Joseph. Vance Joseph. Yeah. Oh, they did. They hired Vance Joseph. Oh, I didn't see that. When 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 that come through? This so, morning. Or early this afternoon. Oh, early this afternoon. Okay, no wonder. Okay, I was going. Damn, I didn't see that. So he hired Vance Joseph. All right, I give him. A, I give him a little more hope. <laughs> that's no. That's amazing too. That's now four DCs around the league at at least. Who are former Dolphin assistants with Matt Burke, Vance Joseph, Luana Romo, Brian Flores? By the and way, we're uh, forgetting somebody. Our boy Josh Boyer did not get a job anywhere, right? Or hasn't, or at least at the NFL level. Do you know? Nothing, nothing that I've seen now. Right, and did did he go to college at all? I, or? I have not heard or seen anything. Because okay, I haven't seen, I haven't seen any kind of news on uh, on Josh Boyer, so don't know if uh, what's going on there. But anyway. Um, Oh, by the way, were you uh, were you there when uh, Aaron Rodgers left his darkness retreat? My God, I mean, some who I mean, somebody's got to care about this. Jesus Christ, really? I mean, oof. I'm seeing tweet after tweet after tweet, like a long form story inside Aaron Rodgers' retreat, and I'm like, am I the only one who could not give less of a shit about this? Jesus Christ! <laughs> I mean, come on. No, my favorite line is from him. Oh, I have several friends that have done it, and it's it, it's done wonders for him. I'm like, who do you hang around with, bro? Like, Miles several Teller friends. Miles Teller he hangs around with. God, several friends. Like, Big what? O, the actor. Big O, the actor Miles Teller. You know who I'm talking about? No, no. Whiplash. Oh yes. Okay. All right. He's buddies with him. He was in Hawaii with him a few years back when he was with Charlene Woodley. Okay. All right. Well, is, 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 is he a retreat guy? Because I was thinking he oh, hangs around with bears because they like to go into a cave and hibernate. So I figured, okay, maybe that's what it is. He hangs around with a bunch of bears, and they, you know, that's kind of what it is, hibernation, you know? So, all right. Good stuff. Yeah, so, so I, by the answer, way. To answer your question, no, I wasn't there when he got out of his retreat. Okay. No, I was figuring you would cover that and, and, and give us uh, the insight on – on, uh, on all of that. All right, what are we expecting uh, on the contract side with Wilkins and Sealer? Do we, do we know anything? What's going on? Well, here's the thing. As, uh, as I'm sure you're aware, Drew Rosenhaus, Sealer's agent, was on, on, the, on a radio show yesterday morning. With Joe? And, uh, yeah, talking to how it was a priority to get Sealer an extension. And from the standpoint where what he's getting paid for 2023, the last year of his contract, is insanely low for the caliber of player he is. I'm sure. Here's the thing is his cap number is already really low, uh, and the Dolphins have work to do to get cap compliant before March 15th. So, I, so I'm thinking, yeah, they, they will address it at some point, but you're not doing it. You're doing it because you want to keep the guy and you want to reward good performance, not for cap purposes because – I think his cap number is like maybe 275 or something like that. So yeah, so you're going to extend it. You're not going to give him any more money in this year is probably what you're saying. I don't know how much how much lower you're going to get the, the, his cap number f- from that. So because of that, to me, maybe he, while, yes, it's a priority because it's a guy you want to keep around, it doesn't need to be done like immediately. Whereas Chris Wilkins right now, his cap number is, what was the fifth-year option, $9 million or something, right. $10 million, 10 million, 10-4 or something. Well, 
his cap number is going to be 10-4 on March 15th if there's no another contract extension signed. So right. his is more pressing. Um, and I did a story actually kind of related to Drew's comments and the fact that Drew's got represents 10 Dolphin players, including four guys who are going to be UFAs including Jerome Baker, who you and I have mentioned as a guy who maybe possibly could be could be in trouble or could be asked to restructure his contract or jettisoned. He represents Miles Gaskin, Duke Riley, Landon Roberts. Duke stays. And Roberts, if I had to guess, Roberts winds up in Minnesota uh, with Flo. And then the I forget who the fourth one is, but he's got four um, – no, and then he was asked about Agba and whether Agba was going to stay. Well, Agba's got 15 million guaranteed. Dolphins ain't cutting him, and no, no. nobody's trading for him. So right, no, Agba, they're they're stuck with Agba for for at least one more year. Right. Uh, I'm with you there. I think the good thing for them, I think they're going to get a motivated X, because X will go into a, a year that he will be undecided of what his future is. So he's going to have to perform in a at a high level. And and do you think the Byron Jones cut will be a June cut? Is that still the thinking? Yeah, based on my understanding of the salary cap, it makes no sense. It's going to be designated as a post-June 1 cut. Um, unless, barring some miracle, there's a restructure instead and they wind up keeping him. It, it remains a great big mystery. I'm trying to find out what's going on with him and it's it ain't easy. Let me let me put it that way. No, I can I can imagine it's it's uh, it's not easy uh, right now. All right, uh, anything else uh, you think could be an issue on uh, some kind of a tag or some kind of a contract situation coming up for the Dolphins? No, I mean I would expect maybe Tyreek Hill's contract could be restructured. I mean he's got like a cap number of thirty-one mil. That's I, I don't know all the all the there's ways to move money around. To make that more palatable because they they have moves to be done, but they have space. They'll be able to create space. There's usually always a way. A lot, sometimes though, it involves kicking. Yeah, you you, know, you get 15 out of that 31, and then spread it out for the life of the contract. Yeah, but, you, but you you're basically kicking the can down the road. At some point, of course, yeah. at some point it becomes an issue. The Dolphins are not there yet. They still have a window. Um, but you have to create. You just you just talked about the window with Tua. So financially, years, this years, is what you have to then create that window for the next couple of years because technically that's your door and your opportunity to make that run around them. And then all, you know, the crap is going to hit the fan. And I think that's the good thing for the Dolphins this year too, that you look at the Bills and they've got all kinds of financial decisions now. They're already talking about it. They're already talking about, about like Brandon Bean, I think is the, is the GM's name, right? And he's like, already come out and say yeah now things are going to be a little you know be prepared that things are going to be a little tougher for us right now because we've got contracts kicking in and they're going to lose players and you're hearing it in Cincinnati that they can't be ne nearly as active now they said like they were last year because of the contracts that they have to pay out hell they're thinking of trading Boyd and and they're going to lose Higgins next year and then uh, obviously they've got to give Chase and Burrow you know big time contracts so you're seeing that some of these teams that kind of had a window, now a that window. salary is catching yep. up to them, whereas Miami, well, they're going to maybe extend that window for the next year or two, but they've got to take advantage of it before they've got to pay the piper. No, correct. Um, yeah, no, the Bengals, the Bengals have issues because what they have is that stud trio of wide receivers. Keeping all three is going to be a bitch. Oh, they won't be able to do that. It's going to be very, very difficult. Um, 
They have Jesse Bates, who's, who at times can be a dynamite safety. Uh, Buffalo's got Jordan Poyer, Tremaine Edmonds as free agents. Uh, no, it's it's a league-wide issue. And as you mentioned, yeah, the Dolphins are positioned if they want to make a move. Uh, if you saw Pro Football Focus was throwing out five trades they, 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 they could see happening in the offseason, and they suggested Jalen Ramsley to the Dolphins for two second-round picks. Um, no shot. No shot. Zero chance. Here's the thing. That happens. I, you, but Except you and I both know. I know, and I think you should know, never say never with the Dolphins and the shiny toys. No, but that's not this GM. This GM doesn't like – this GM does not like – and their history is they know, they, know, they know how to draft and they know how to find secondary. They don't need to go and overpay free agency and picks for a corner. They can find them off the street. They can find them in the draft. They find the safeties. Uh, no, I don't think so. I have. I think they're pretty. I think they're pretty confident in their abilities. That if they needed a corner in that second or two third round picks, they probably feel they can get a guy right there to you know compete with all those other guys for that starting spot. Except if Jalen Ramsey's right when he's right, he's a top five, maybe probably top three corner in the NFL. When X is right. He's a top five, top three corner in the NFL. Oh, I get I that. Mean, I get that. Yeah. Cater, well, as you talk, we talk about like the Dolphins are able to find corners. Sure. Cater, who was a great revelation last year. Mm-hmm. And Nick Needham's become a very solid NFL player. Brandon Jones developed and, 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 uh, they're not Jalen Ramsey. Again, under the premise, big O, here's the thing under the premise that the Dolphins look at their window and, and, and decide. We, we, we really need to remember Stephen Ross is 82. I get it. Under the premise if, under the premise that their window is a year or two, I'm just, I'm just telling you it's, it's not something I would dismiss out of hand because maybe in the long term it's not conducive to building you know, a team that, could, that will sustain over many, many years. I'm just looking at a, at a front office that said, I found X in the second round. I found Minka in the first. You know, I found a, a guy that's just as good in the second. I found Brandon Jones in the third. Found Nick Needham off the street and Cater Kohu off the street. And hell, Trill Williams was developing into a nice little player off the street. I think this is the kind of front office that says, oh, we need a corner. Let's prepare because maybe we can, de- Cater can develop into the outside guy. Let's get another guy so when we cut X, he's ready to take over for X too. I think this is the kind of front office that says, all right, let's figure somebody out in the second, third rounds, and let's go find them. And I think they can do it because their track record says it, that they, they, they know how to, you know, unearth talent. That's all. I don't know. That's just me. You make a valid point, but again, I'm going to go back to... It's kind of like the running back thing. Oh, no, they're going to go get Saquon. No, bro, look at his history. You know, Kenyon Drake is his highest draft pick. He doesn't do that. He doesn't go. He gets a Jeff Wilson that's cheap, and he gets a Mostert that's cheap, and he gets, you know, a a, a Gaskin that's cheap and an Ahmed that's cheap. This is who he does. He doesn't go out and and spend high picks or big money on guys. And look, they went and spent on Chase, and they got burned for that, you know, overall. So it's just not their – it's not their M.O., you know, so it's yeah. what are you going to do? I, I, so to me, I don't think it's their M.O. to go out and spend big like that. 
to trade and pay. Where like the Byron Jones one, okay, I get it. That was just a sign. They just did it for Tyreek last year. That's no, but that's a receiver. That's different. That's that's a whole different ball game there. They needed a. And they paid big for Byron Jones in 2020. They paid huge for Byron Jones. Yeah, but you're not trading for him. I don't think you're you're also going to give picks up. I mean, for Ramsey, they're going to ask. Correct. Yeah. Uh, But again, it may be a case where the Rams want to get rid of that salary and. You know, maybe they don't ask for as much as a guy's value is. Again, when he's completely right, he wasn't. He wasn't at his best last year. He still made the Pro Bowl, whatever that means. Um, but again, to me, I, I think there's merit to the idea of this is a team that's looking at they've got a window, year, year two years, and they may want to go for it, especially with an owner that's not getting any younger who really would love to make some noise in the playoffs. Let's uh, let's see. It's going to be. I think it's going to be an interesting offseason. I know they don't have a lot of material to trade for, but I think they have enough. They can create enough cap space. They have enough picks at the at the at the higher end with the with a second and two thirds. They can find some impactful players there. I, I think they've got more than enough resources to kind of tweak this roster and make it better. Do you agree or not or don't? Yeah, but here's the, here's the thing, and where, where I would caution against, well, because you, you mentioned they had two thirds. Well, they had a third last year who couldn't see the field. So it's yeah, fine. Yeah, but generally speaking, your third round picks not logically is not making a huge impact as a rookie. And again, under the premise of a team that's going for it, but they made the playoffs last year. Then they made the playoffs and had to play their playoff game with their third string seven, rookie seventh round pick quarterback. They easily can look at that and go. You know, hell, if, if we had if we had our team, if we had our quarterback, really interesting possibilities. What can we have? What big move can we add just to push it, push us over the hump? We hired Vic Fangio. That's one move that gets us really closer. How about how about one guy, one player who really gets us closer? And it's not two, two third round picks who do that. So this is where. Again. Oh, that's where free agency, I think, comes in, too. That's where you're going to make some bones in free agency and find another player or two that can, that can help you out too at the same time, I think. I mean, that's what I would – that's why I'm saying that with some of your picks and what you can create in free agency, you should be able to open up cap space with different guys. You should be able to make some moves. Overall. No, able and, to make some, some tweaks here and there, but if they're looking to get over the hump with that really big go-for-it style – it needs to be a splash move. I, I don't know if it's the kind of move you can make in free agency with the cap space they'll have. This is where possibly a trade comes into play, which is why the Jalen Ramsey, even though the initial reflex is to say, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's too much. It's too but much. the more, except, does it really not make any sense? I don't know. No, he may. I understand the method behind your madness of adding the talent. What I don't think makes sense in a year where you don't have a lot of picks you're going to give up picks and a lot of cap space. I just have a hard time with that one. That's that's where I think it's it, it just doesn't it doesn't make sense for the Dolphins whereas especially for this front office that has had success drafting players in that position in that secondary. Go find another guy, man. You you can do it. There's always corners, man. You can find a good corner in the second yeah, and third rounds in the NFL. Dude, if you the, the idea is to add like an A corner, not a B corner. That's the thing. And, and Cater, Cater, who's, who's, who's got 
a lot of promise. Nick Needham's a good, solid player. Yeah. They're not they, they're not they're a cornerbacks. There are not a ton of a cornerbacks in the league. No, no, I know. And Needham is a slot. He's not an outside guy. I, I'm not as comfortable with Needham on the outside. Cater, I'm comfortable outside or inside. Actually, I his skill set really I think carries really well on either side. Uh, but I really like Cater. Maybe he can really and turn they, into an outside guy. And let's not forget, Needham's a UFA too, so there's no guarantee he comes back. No, that's um, true. That's true. It's a good point. It's a good point. The good thing is the injury will now, you know, not allow him to ask for what he could have gotten in the open yeah. market, and that's the only break that the uh, that the Dolphins uh, do get. It's good news uh, for the Dolphins. Good news for Needham. Uh, Rams and nine-time All-Pro Bobby Wagner mutually agreed Thursday to part ways. Rams need more cap space, and Wagner wants to win. Will now be a notable part of the free agent class. Is that the middle linebacker that the Miami Dolphins get? Because, uh, you know, people are talking about Edmonds, but Bobby Wagner is – that's actually not a bad tackling machine in the middle for you. Yeah, I'll be, I have no clue what kind of season – I know at Seattle he was – he's Oh, he was ball. a monster. I, have the answer that I, don't, I don't know what kind of year he had last year. I'll have to reach out to somebody with the Rams to find out what kind of season he had. Yeah, that, that's true. Yeah, I don't know exactly how good he was, but – that is one guy, man, that uh, I know he's got a lot of mileage on him. He does. At this point. So, who knows? All right, what are you working on on alldolphins.com so the fan base can go check you out, my friend? Everything and anything. I already have two stories up today. I did something on uh, Mike Gesicki heading into free agency. Very cool the way the – I don't know if you checked him out on, on social media. He's, like, very cool, very loosey-goosey, not a care in the world. And he was responding to – the comment from Caleb Williams, a Heisman winner, who was yeah. saying that right now he'd like to play for the Dolphins to and throw and throw to Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, and Mike Gesicki. And Gesicki on Twitter was like, "Well, no. I'm not gonna be there." <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, I'm. I'm more. I'm actually checking out. I don't know what to do with my condo lease." Um, <laughs> so I wrote about Gesicki, and then I wrote something else earlier today. And for some reason, they probably maybe because I'm old, I forget what it was. It was very good, actually. I think um, if Gesicki's oh. smart, he makes it an Airbnb. There you go. That's what there he should. You You're in South Florida. You own a condo, bro. Have somebody pay your mortgage. Just make it an Airbnb. And that's it, dude. I'm sure his condo's nice enough that it'll be, you know, sold out most of the month and he'll get his mortgage paid really quickly with an Airbnb here in South Florida. You can rent it to Durham Smythe. I don't know if Durham Smythe's there, what, his, right. what his living situation is. Uh, the other thing I remember just from the other thing I did was on uh, head coach Mike McDaniel and the football outsiders aggressiveness index as it relates to fourth downs last year i did a comprehensive look at the dolphins on fourth down last year as well as a breakdown as to why it probably may not be quite as significant next season okay all right so check it out go to alldolphins.com make sure you bookmark that because if you don't you're really not officially a miami dolphins fan until you do that and follow this man on twitter at poopart nfl alan as always thank you my brother we'll talk early next week and uh we'll uh, hang out over at the uh at the combine my friend appreciate you Sounds like a plan. You have a good weekend. You got it, buddy. Be good. There you go. Alan Poopart, baby. He's ready like I am for those stuffed garlic rolls with cheese and pepperoni. Are you listening to me, Sean? Stuffed garlic rolls. Yeah, you're not getting any of them. That's right. Unfortunately. Next year, maybe we'll drag your ass to get cold over there. I don't know, man. It's... 
You don't really need to go to the combine one. The, the, that one is like, you'd be, you, you know what you'd do? You'd stay at our pad and then go downstairs to eat somewhere and then go right back up again and work and that's it. That's what you'd be doing the entire time. I'll be the one out in the bars at night walking around. Oh, man. Uh, I said yesterday here, said it several times before, I don't want anyone else to come here. Give this team and staff health and we can beat anybody. I'm with you, True Fin Fan. That is, by the way, our EJDconstruction.com Miami Dolphins report.